Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? We hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in yeah. to another great show where we welcome 
J.F. Benoit, and he is the founder and program manager of the Exclusive Hawaii, a non-12-step holistic addiction treatment center. And he uses his experience-based methodology to teach clients practical ways to retrain their brains. And that's exactly what we talk about today. Uh, he's written a book called Addicted to the Monkey Mind, Change the Programming that Sabotages Your Life. And we talk about just that, our monkey minds and how <laughs> we can tend to be reactive rather than responding and get caught up in our emotions and not really understanding what's going on and how a lot of what we feel is based out of feeling unsafe, which I thought was a really yeah. valuable point that he made. And he really dissects that and talks about how we can feel safer and communicate with our partner and make our partners feel safe in the relationship. Yeah. So many of the examples he gave really were very specific to what you can do in your relationship to help strengthen the intimacy within your relationship and your partner. So tons of great skills to learn and a lot of really, really good examples um, that he used. As always, thank you guys for tuning in, for subscribing to the show, telling your friends and family, giving us your feedback and just diving in and improving your life and your relationship. Good on you for being mm -hmm. here. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign yes. me up. <laughs> then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along. But we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off.
Hi, JF. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Sarah and I are really excited about today's topic. I know myself in particular, and that is because I can have quite the monkey mind. And today we're going to talk about really the theme of your book, and that is how to become unaddicted to our monkey minds. And we thought we could start with having you tell us what the monkey mind is, why we have it, and then steps we can take to get out of it. Yeah, it's so amazing. You know, for most of us, um, I don't think we carry much awareness of our own thinking and how much it influences the way we react, the way we respond, the way we behave. And, And there's a dynamic that's happening it's the monkey mind is referring to the part of ourself that's been conditioned and, and pro, pre-programmed to think the way it does. Um, so, for example, in the book, there's, um, there's an example with Kevin right from the beginning where it explains that, you know, Kevin has um, he's raised in such a way that his father, you know, every time he has an emotion of sadness, his father says, you know, rub some dirt on it, or, you know, why can't you be more like your brother? And so over time, he learns and associates, you know, having emotions with weakness. And that is very common with a lot of men. And what then happens, though, when uh, later on in his years, when he's married to Jamie, um, you know, his uncle dies at one point, and he has a lot of grief, and he can't express it, he can't show it. And Jamie comes and she tries to be close to him and say, you know, I know how close you were to your uncle. I'm so sorry this happened. And he kind of pushes her away and walks away. And Jamie ends up saying, you know, it's it, I can't do this anymore. And so the struggle that happens for most of us, this is the part that we're not aware of, is that our own pre-programmed way of thinking, it lives at the nervous system level. It lives in our body. And when we get triggered, we tend to respond with those old protective mechanism, you know, like for Kevin, it's associating and he's not even aware that he's associating having emotion with weakness. So we live in a society where we're obsessed to trying to fix things analytically. And when the issue exists within the nervous system and the pre sort of adopted beliefs that we have about our experiences. And where should we start? Should we start with the pre-adopted beliefs, or do we even have a choice there? Well, you know, I'm glad you're pointing that out, because in terms of our conditioning, we don't have a choice. It happened to all of us, and it's slightly different for every single one of us. To give you an example, let's say it's about first we have to get educated and understand the context of what kind of survival ways that we develop to deal with our unique situation. So let me give you a couple examples. Uh, one is if somebody's raised in a family where there's a lot of tension all the time, right? Where parents argue or where there's, you know, or even if the parent is always stressed out about work or something, the the message there is like, I can't trust. I can't trust the world. I can't trust what's happening. There's always going to be some, you know, some sort of anxiety. So, Depending on how you're raised and what happens, then you develop particular ways to cope. But those ways to cope work at the time. But when we become adults, they sabotage our relationships. They, they just basically destroy everything on its path. 
And one of the things that we learn in our in our society is it, it is a very shame-based and fear-based society. And so we learn to distrust our experiences. You know, if you think of in terms of emotion, not very many people have emotion, emotional literacy in terms of, you know, we tend to have judgment about emotion, not experiencing them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you kind of pick that apart a little bit, though? Yeah. So emotions are very simple. They're not like the analytical mind. You know, I break them down into five categories, mad, glad, sad, fear, shame, or guilt. And those emotions happen all day long. And when I mean like uh, by glad or by sad, I, I, I mean that you can bring back the experience in your body to such a very, very simple um you know, understanding. Most of us might have a lot of language around those emotions. So we, we might say, I'm irritated. Well, that falls under mad. Or we might say, I, you know, I feel really uh, anxious right now. Well, that falls into fear. But the basis of the emotions are simple. Emotions are created by those core beliefs that we hold and the way we perceive the world. So in couples, for example, in close relationships, these triggers happen so quickly, you know, like a, a partner might say, why didn't you do the dishes or why didn't you set the appointment to take the dog to the vet? And the person might respond immediately with a reaction that says, oh, my gosh, I've been working hard all day. You know, why are you so demanding? And so what's happening there is the person is not in touch with their emotion. What emotion just rose up? And it's probably irritation or fear. And underneath that is that emotion lies a belief about myself, not about the other person. But what we do is we go into debate and we go into defending ourselves instead of being able to use very specific skills that I can talk about in terms of, oh, I can access this emotion and notice that I feel scared. I feel like and then I can tie that up to my original program way of thinking. Can you talk a little bit about those skills and, and how we can work on that? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so much simpler than we make it. And for most of us, we haven't learned to trust uh, being vulnerable and open. So let me give you an example. Um, I do this with my partner, with my wife. We've been married 29 years now. Um, and what happens is I can feel when I have a strong emotion, I immediately want to go and debate or want to defend. Um, and the reason we do this is because our sense of self-worth is being threatened and we're not even aware of it. Um, so the remedy is the first one is to learn how to breathe. So the connection with the body has to come first instead of going to the analytical mind. So one of the things I do is I, I teach and I do this circular breath. I do it every day. When I first wake up, I'll do it in the middle of the day and then before I go to bed. And it's breathing like a, like a dog, like a cat. If you watch, their, their stomach moves back and forth. And what that does is it allows um, the body's experience to take place first, right? And this is one of the things that we don't learn and we don't learn to prioritize that. In my relationship with my wife, one of the things that we do together is when we get triggered, we'll literally say, will you breathe with me? 
And it's pretty amazing, very rapidly, if we allow just 15 seconds of breath, the, the dynamic changes immediately. So an example is my wife might say to me, um, you know, I, I, I noticed that, uh, that you talked about taking our daughter to the horse program, but you didn't call yesterday. And then she'll say something else and something else. And by the time she said three things to me, I'm now like agitated. And so I'll take a breath and I'll say, you know, I'm noticing I'm really scared right now. And, and then as I breathe into this fear, I, I can connect it with my program way of thinking because I'm familiar with it. And I'll be able to say something like, I'm noticing that I feel and I'm making up the story that I'm not enough. That somehow right now you're asking me all these things and that I don't measure up. And just exposing that, being that vulnerable, changes the dynamic in the relationship because it's not going into blame. It's not going into shame. And it's amazing the connection that it established. My wife can immediately go, oh, well, that's not where I'm coming from. And my nervous system has to take a minute to adjust to this. It's, it's, it's kind of like I'm shocked every single time my nervous system is shocked. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, I'm, you're not making up that story because it seems so real to me. What can your wife do in that moment to support you? You've shared this, you've breathed in, you're being vulnerable. What can she do so that she's not maybe getting defensive and then the conversation might spiral in a negative direction? Yeah, the, the, the main thing that happens is it, it's pretty rare when we are vulnerable and use I statements and we are talking about our experiences, the other person uh, oftentimes will drop into compassion. Because if, if you notice, I didn't say, you know what, you're so demanding and you're so controlling which is dynamics that most of us would get caught into. That's blame, that's shame, that's fear speaking. But there's no ownership in it. So the dynamic, what we don't know in close relationship is that the issue is never about the other person. The issue is within my own uh, belief system about myself. And it always boils down to some version of I'm not enough. I'm not okay. I'm not responsible enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not whatever it is, but it's, it's a lack of self-worth and we're not taking ownership of that. And then we act it out in our relationship. And, and oftentimes people in couple are shocked to find out that the relationship itself, there's nothing wrong in it. There's nothing to resolve with your partner. The only thing to resolve is with your own program way and your own monkey mind and once you've established a strong relationship with yourself and you know your program way of thinking and you take ownership of it, then the only thing that's left in the relationship is to expose it and be open to it. And your partner will respond with compassion. It's very, very rare that the person will keep blaming or pushing back. What if the partner of the person that typically gets defensive um, or actually, if the person who gets defensive isn't quite aware that they're reacting like this, how how can the other partner help support their other partner by maybe starting this dialogue and practicing these skills? The main thing that's important to understand is that 
taking ownership does not mean that um, if the other person is not equipped yet to do it or is still in blame a lot, that I become their punching bag, right? It's mm-hmm. That's another dynamic that happens oftentimes in relationships. There's a lot of codependency and the person doesn't know how to set boundaries. So it's important in a relationship to, I believe that we as couples have to learn to prioritize, to learn skills of intimacy. It's not something that just happened. I'm always shocked in the the world that we live in. You know, my wife and I still see a therapist every week and we don't see a therapist because we considered ourselves messed up. We, We see a therapist because we want to continue and we know that building intimacy will be part of our, you know, our lives for the rest of our lives, really, you know, so it's really important for one person, even if it just starts with one person, it's it's to develop enough safety within yourself to start modeling to your partner what it's like not to react. And even if the partner is not initially, you know, so inclined to do it on the long run, they're going to really, mm-hmm. really find that attractive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like they often say, treat people how you want to be treated. So it's along those same lines of creating the change that you want in your relationship, but individually as well. Do you have an example of, you know, some, you know, maybe some ways that you see people interact with each other so I could, you know, illustrate how that would work? I think defensiveness is a big thing. Like you're talking about these interactions and being like, Hey, I'm feeling getting in touch and breathing and saying, I'm feeling scared um, and jealous when you do this. And that's great. And then the partner might hear that and be like, well, no, that's not what I'm trying to do here. And instead of responding maybe in compassion and, and that there's some defensiveness um, throughout this process, process, even if it's starting well with a pause and breathing? The defensiveness is something that most of us are, we're afraid of building a relationship with that part of ourselves. And, and we, we don't succeed because we don't learn how to um, really, truly, it's a lack of safety. Every time we react to something, it's because we don't feel safe. And it's not more complicated than that. And there, there is a, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, oftentimes the blame and the pushback that happens in relationship are so subtle and they're so quick. Um, you know, you, you know, it starts with a you statement. And it'll say like, you know, you, you know, you, you always, you know, do X, Y, Z, you know, you always cut me off when I talk or you, you know, you you always, you know, react, you know, so strongly every time I talk about my mother. So when that begins, right, as soon as that statement is made, the nervous system is going into defense mode. Okay. And so if we don't learn to bring presence to the body, 
the mind is going to take over and there's no way out. It's kind of like Einstein said it best. He says, you can't solve the problem from the same mindset that created it. And that's what's happening for most of us. We're operating from the monkey mind and we're trying to resolve the monkey mind's issue with the monkey mind. So it just, it goes nowhere. So I would emphasize once again that to build this practice is about learning how to feel safe in your body. And there's many ways in which it's so much easier than we think it is. Like, so I gave example of the breath, but another one would be, um, I recommend that people put, uh, they go to the store and buy themselves a colorful pair of running shoes and they put them by the door. And when they get triggered with their partner, I recommend that they just say, you know, I'm noticing that I'm, I'm triggered now. Um, so I just need, I just need a few minutes. And so you go put your shoes on and you start walking and all that you tell yourself as you're walking, power walking, I want to be in my body right now. I just want to feel my breath. I want to feel in my body. And it's amazing what happens is most of us don't realize that we will naturally bring what I talk about in the book is an observing mind, meaning the ability to witness yourself will actually rise up naturally. And so you'll be able to notice your feelings. You'll be able to notice your thoughts. And all of that will happen just because you're putting that much attention to your body, to being present in your body. So most of us don't realize that the, the mind directs the body, but the way out of changing the mind is to go to the body and then the mind second. That is a valuable hack to the <laughs> system because I think what at least I tend to do is, yeah, you go deeper into the mind and you start analyzing the situation and why did they do this? Or why do I, you know, I'm feeling this way. I have to defend myself or figure this out. And I don't think things really get solved <laughs> that way more often than not. They, they get more complicated, don't they? It's, it's, uh, it becomes a debate. It's, it's pretty amazing to watch, you know, um, without fail, we get caught in a debate and it, it, the debate goes nowhere because it's trying, each partner is trying to regain their sense of self-worth through the other person and you can never gain it that way. And, you know, another way to realize how to nurture, most of us are not aware that we don't have an accurate self-assessment of who we are. We have a biased negative assessment because we live in a shame-based society that teaches us to use shame as a motivator to change ourselves. So we're very critical of ourselves and we don't realize that we do this a lot unconsciously. And it does manifest in a relationship because when we hear our partner, we hear it through the lens of a negative voice. We think that we're being criticized. In reality, 90% of the time when you observe a situation, you'd realize the person is not being criticized. So let me give you another window here into how to build resiliency within yourself. There's a couple things to be aware of. One is that it's not so much that we need to fix anything. It's that we need to be more in relationships uh, within uh, a certain construct. So there are four major parts that to the nervous system brings a sense of safety. One is a sense of belonging. Um, another is a sense that your life matters. 
Another is a sense of being seen by other people. And the fourth one is like a connection with nature. And those four primary, it, it, you know, to mental health, it's like food and water. Those, those four, you know, and they build resiliency. So there's many things that we can do in life to, to build that experience in our body. You know, think of um, if you go to the store and the clerk smiles at you and says, wow, that's a really, you know, I love what your shirt says or something like that, you know, or it reminds me of, and then you feel seen and it kind of makes your day, right? Those are the kind of interaction that we can build. So let me give you a couple examples of how we can build this in relationship. The first one that I recommend is, um, I, I call it, it's, um, it's emotional weather report. Okay, so couples can start their day with, um, and it's very important to follow exactly the instruction I'm giving here because without following the exact rules of engagement here, it could get messy. So the way it works is you each have five minutes and you, you time it on your phone. And for five minutes, one person basically tells the other how they feel. And you only talk about your feelings. I'm noticing I feel stressed out about it. You know, my mother, she called yesterday and she said this, and then our son is going through this, and I'm noticing I'm really happy about this. And it's just like allowing yourself to have an opportunity to be laser sharp, to share what's going on with you emotionally. When the buzzer goes off, it's really important to come to a pause and say, thank you so much for hearing me. And the other person that's listened says, you're welcome. And then we switch. The other person gets five minutes. And um, when it's done and the buzzer goes off, same thing. The person says, thank you for hearing me. The other person says, you're welcome. And now the most important part is that you each person goes their own way. You do not talk about this. You do not revisit it. You do not try to fix anything. You do not give advice to your partner. None of that. You trained your body to bring presence to your partner's experience. That's it. And if you did this, you know, five minutes a day each, okay, after several days, you're going to start noticing a difference because what will start happening is through your day, you'll notice that you feel connected to your partner and you feel intimately like connected somehow. And it's just because the truth is that emotional literacy is what creates intimacy. Does that make sense? Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. Chase and I do it regularly on this podcast, and it really helps us a lot to be able to discuss our issues and help find solutions with the therapist. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside and therapy definitely helps. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship or you're super happy, but you want to be proactive in your relationship and learn some tools you might need in the future. Or maybe you just feel overwhelmed with life and need someone to talk to. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better today because you deserve to be happy. 
And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I do podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash I do. That's betterhelp.com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is a premium bamboo bedding and loungewear company that has now become the only bedding I will use for the rest of my life. When I received my new Cozy Earth sheets a few weeks ago, I was truly shocked at how easily you could tell the difference in quality compared to regular cotton sheets. It makes it really hard to get out of bed each day. They are so soft. They almost feel like silk. And Stella always asks why our sheets are so much softer than hers. So it's pretty common that she'll wake up in the morning and want to jump in bed with us for another 30 minutes or so. And we're totally okay with it because it's so comfortable. Cozy Earth's premium bedding wicks moisture. They are temperature regulating. And a huge bonus for me is that they are free of harsh chemicals and dyes. All all of Cozy Earth's products are covered under a 10-year warranty, and they have thousands of five-star reviews. Cozy Earth is the perfect gift for your someone special or if you just want to treat yourself. So to get 40% off your order, visit CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do podcast at checkout. That's Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H.com and use the promo code I do podcast at checkout to get 40% off the most comfortable premium bamboo bedding you will ever try. CozyEarth.com. Yes, Mm -hmm. it does. Now, what would you... It makes sense in theory, (laughs) but in practice, when a partner is sharing and let's say the other partner, it brings up feelings of anxiousness or defensiveness because maybe the partner's saying, ah, I'm really frustrated when I come home and the house is a mess and da 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 and it's important to listen. But what if you are having a different reality and view of the situation, which seems inevitable um, when we're sharing it at a certain point, then how can that be processed? So the main thing that's really important about this is that it is not about processing at all. So, so you cannot, it's, it, if you start processing, it defeats the whole purpose of this. So here's the, here's the main point, though. The main point is that the communication has to come from I statements, not you statement. So mm-hmm. I feel frustrated that you didn't clean up the dishes yesterday. Okay. That's that's a true statement. It's a fact. If I use a you statement, it has to be with a fact. You didn't do the dishes yesterday. That's a fact. You didn't. Okay. I feel frustrated. That's another fact, but that's about me. It's very different than I feel than if you said, you know what? I noticed that you're sloppy and it's it's like irritating me that you just don't clean up after yourself. 
Okay. Do you feel the difference between mm-hmm. saying that and saying, you know, I'm noticing you didn't do this yesterday. So if there's a you statement, it has to be a fact. And it's something you can develop over time to speak that way. Nobody's going to be perfect when they start. But the main thing, no matter what, is that even if it went, if it didn't go very well in terms of there was some blame thrown in there, the the main part is that each person is left after to go handle their own emotions. They're not there to process it with each other. And you have to learn that you're still safe within that context. So really, you're just, it's another way to help create more empathy towards your partners because you want to like really understand what they're feeling. And then, like you said, not process the feelings that, that you're feeling from what they've said, but to more to just understand them a little bit better. It's so beautiful that you say that because it's exactly it. It's about listening from the perspective that what your partner is saying has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I remember, for example, at the beginning, when I began that practice with my wife, I would say to myself as I'm listening, this is not about me. And I would just kind of say that to myself. This is not about me. This is not, this is, this is about me being present for her. And it, it does require focus, right? But you're absolutely right. That's part of the skill set. And that's why it's so important to go our own way afterwards, go do something different, you know, but don't, don't interact. Don't revisit it. Don't rehash it. It's about building this muscle of intimacy to be present for each other, no matter what the other person is going through. Now, here's another one that can help actually build this process because that can be, you know, like what you're both saying, you know, this process can be dicey because when we don't have enough sense of safety inside of ourselves, then it's more challenging at the beginning. But it doesn't mean it's not doable, right? It doesn't mean that we can't like work our way through it. But here's another wonderful one that will help with resiliency. I recommend that couples take a journal and they put the journal in their bedroom. And the purpose of that journal is when you notice, this is again about meeting one of the four uh, pillars I was talking about. And this one is about being seen. Okay. So if you, if you notice, for example, that your partner wakes up every morning and makes the coffee just the way you both like it. And so you go to the journal in the bedroom and you write the date and you say, you know, I'm noticing how you're so dedicated to make the coffee just the way we like it. And I feel so nurtured and loved by that. Thank you for the way you care so deeply about us. And so you write that down in the journal. And this cannot be done with a a conditioned way, like, oh, well, you wrote something and you didn't, or it's none of that. It's you trained yourself naturally to see each other, to start noticing what is wonderful about your partner. What It could be the way they talk to a friend and you go to the journal and you write and say, God, I was amazed how you talked to Julie. I was shocked. She was like, triggering me, but you stay calm and you just express this and that. And so the job of the couple is to go and write in the journal and to go and read it from time to time. And each of them gets to go to the journal on their own. You don't do it together. Okay. And what you will start noticing is this is something we don't do enough in relationships is build a sense of intimacy and resiliency with facts. 
This is factual information. And it's important to know that that's how the body works. The body believes factual information. It doesn't believe positive affirmation that are not connected to reality. It's funny you mentioned the journal. So I want to ask, so then we would be sharing what we write with our partner. And then I'm glad you mentioned it because it seems like with the five minute sharing, if you're doing that daily, as you said, like that could be, it's positive when we understand our partner better, but that could also feel like a lot of negativity in a sense, like oh, here are all the things that are wrong and how I feel negative in our relationship. Yeah, it's it's a way to, you know, it, because it's challenging not to know how to stop blaming and stop using you statements and connecting with facts. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I recommend for couples to build their own practice, like breathing, you know, really, really build a practice of breath. Um, another exercise that I give to people um, is it's and it's remember that those things, those those mindful practice are about a very specific focus. So I'll give you an example. And it's about being present in your body. Um, I use a trampoline, like a mini trampoline. And I tell people, set your timer for 15 minutes when you get triggered, ask for a break and go to your trampoline and barely bounce on it. Just barely. And this is not for exercise. This is not for anything else, but just tell yourself, I want to feel what it's like to feel my body, to feel my breath, to feel. And for some people that might be a little easier than doing the breath, because, you know, some people it's hard for them to sit in one place. And so, but it's still the same mindfulness where you're bringing your attention to your body, to your breath, to the bouncing back and forth. And what happens is that leaves room for you to witness. Okay. So what we need to develop for a healthy relationship is a, an ability to witness our mind and to witness our emotion. And, you know, in Addicted to the Monkey Mind, that's what I teach. That's what I talk about. I talk about shifting from a monkey mind that is shame-based, fear-based, defensive, and reactive into an observing mind that is mindful, present, caring, compassion. And all of that comes from witnessing. It does not come from fixing. And it's amazing how most of us are not taught this very basic skill. And it builds amazing intimacy. And it can save us a lot of frustration, <laughs> stress, anxiety, sadness, conflict. But easier oh, said than yeah. done, right? <laughs> oh, but it's so worth it. Think of it. You know, oftentimes it cracks me up. People often say to me, gosh, it's a long time to sit for 15 minutes or to bounce for 15 minutes or to take the time that I don't have the time. And I think, well, it's interesting, right? Because if you look at your day, you'll find that you might have the time to argue for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, we prioritize so many things in our lives. We prioritize, you know, work and, and, and taking care of our children and, you know, finances and all these different things. And we don't realize how, investing time in our relationship is just the most beautiful, um, you know, most empowering experience we can give ourselves. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Brené Brown, mm -hmm. but she did a, a you know, a decade of research. And one of the things that she found that people who are truly happy have a high capacity for discomfort. 
And it's so important for us to understand that we have an aversion to the experience in our body because we judge those experiences. When I mention to people, you know, the five basic emotion, mad, glad, sad, fear, shame, which one do you want? People without fail say, I want glad. And the myth is that if I repress anger, do I get glad? If I repress grief, do I get glad? If I repress anxiety, do I get glad? And so it's a myth because the mind wants to tell us to avoid those what we call negative emotion, but it never works because they're all interconnected. We have to work our way through grief in order to get back to glad. It's not something that's to be avoided. And so for us to build intimacy in relationships, we have to develop that skill, that ability to handle all emotions without judging them. It's such an important skill and thing to remember. And JF, you've given us and our listeners some great tools to do just that and develop these skills. And obviously we could spend many podcast episodes on this because it is kind of the foundation of a lot of our stress in our lives and our relationships. So thank you so much for, for sharing with us and our audience. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything we skipped over or that you want to emphasize before we say goodbye? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's so wonderful, the work that you're doing and to help couples deepen their connection with each other. There's nothing more valuable than that. It, it also improves the quality of life in the family and with children. Uh, and so it's, it's such a wonderful thing. So a couple things, people, I recommend, uh, the book is so useful. I think it can help uh, couples build amazing intimacy. Uh, it's called Addicted to the Monkey Mind, Change the Programming that Sabotaged Your Life. It's available on Amazon. Um, and one other thing I highly recommend is actually the audio version. The book was written with these characters that you follow, and it's very relatable, and there's a lot of dialogue in the book. And so the audio book just brings it alive. It brings all these characters to life. Um, so that's a that's a wonderful way to learn it. And you can download it on your phone and listen to it in your car when you drive. And I recommend that each couple, um, you know, some couple I've heard a lot from that I've read it together or some of them are listening to it, to it individually. And then they come together and have a conversation about it. So it's 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 a wonderful tool. There's a lot of very specific ways in it to build intimacy and to shift the monkey mind into an observing mind. And the last thing is um, for couples to understand that not taking things personally is a very real thing. It's not, nothing is personal in, in your relationship. You're, every time you're triggered, just remember you're having a relationship with your own program mind, and that's what you're reacting to. You're not reacting to your partner. If you can learn that, it'll change everything. Well, thank you so much uh, for leaving us with that. We really appreciate you coming on the show. And we'll have all the links to your book and your website on the show notes and in the podcast description. And we appreciate you uh, joining us today. Wonderful. As we say here in Hawaii, aloha. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com